And hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. Uh, I'm Rodney, over there, Steve. Hi. And we are bringing you the Yuletide Blessings, etc., etc. This is going to be an early episode. We're going to release this on the 24th. So, Merry Christmas if that's your thing. If it's not your thing, Happy Friday. Right. So this is kind of like not a Yule Tide so much as a Yule Tsunami. Yeah, yeah. So today's topic is uh, Phil Collins' divorce. Which one? <laughs> Give me a three-sided die. It's, it's, it's one of a three-part series. Uh, we're going to be doing them in random order, and today we're going to do the first one. Uh I will uh, say that it is weird that his son is playing drums for them. It's his son from his third marriage, which is his current. Um, I don't know if they're divorced or uh, if they're going through a divorce. His current right separation. Now. Yeah. Uh, who she was caught. They had reconciled and then she was caught cheating on him. And I guess they must be divorced because she remarried someone like a couple of weeks ago or something. I don't know. But uh, I just thought it was weird that, like, he's, like, palling around with his son while his mom is, like, wreaking havoc on um, Phil Collins' finances and, and emotional stability. Wow. And speaking of tumultuous romances and drama, why don't you tell the folks at home what we are talking about today there, Steve? Okay, so this is what you get when you have me pick the topics. Um. It is a novella, I guess you would call it, by Cassandra Kaw, called Nothing But Blackened Teeth. Right. Which uh, is a um, a yokai better known as um, Ohaguro Batari. Excellent, That's- excellent. And uh, just just in case you didn't check, I just did a pronoun check, and Cassandra prefers they, it appears. Yes, Cassandra is a they-them. All right, so. so I'm probably going to slip, but. Yeah. Because I'm old. I'm going to have to keep the biography up on my screen at all times, um, just so I can see there in the biography. Because I'm an old man. So, um, for those of you who want to read up a little bit more on the Ohaguro Batari, go to yokai.com. There's a nice little entry on there, including a, a picture. Ah, well, give us give us the Cliff's Notes version, since uh, since yokai is kind of like your jam. The Cliff's Notes of the yokai. Uh, no, not all of them. Just just the one we're uh, no this particular this particular yokai. one. Okay, so, um, like it says on the tin, nothing but blackened teeth. It is a um, a woman, a female yokai that has no facial features except for a big misshapen mouth with blackened teeth. Um, but that was all the rage with the Japanese ladies well, back that's in the a, day. That's, Yes, so uh, blackening the teeth was definitely a sign of um, of beauty and status. But this particular yokai, I believe, has to do with... um, Well, here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, 
Cassandra Ka in this story, I'm not going to say they take liberties because it's her story. She can do whatever mm, she wants. They. Thank you. <laughs> it's their story. They can do what they want with it. Um, but yokai in and of themselves are, quote unquote, mostly harmless, right? Mm. Um, even this particular particular yokai uh, whose appearance uh, is, they frighten, right? Right. They kind of conflate the Ogaguro uh, Batari with um, a yure, which is a vengeful ghost. Mm-hmm. And they kind of uh, um, mosh the two up into something akin to more of a um, uh, of of like well a grudge or a um, or a uh, ring kind of situation where you have um, people being haunted by a ghost that can damn well harm you, mm. as opposed to something that just like frightens you. Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure that's exactly how it went down because, well, well yeah, it's really it's really hard to 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 discuss that particular technical aspect without spoiling the the book itself, and we don't want to do that, particularly one that's so short. Right. Well, the other thing is that this, so you have this whole yokai yuri thing happening. But you also have a very, very, very huge nod and a wink to um, the haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that um, and and Cassandra Cod does a wonderful job, um, kind of fusing Eastern and Western ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like this really huge Gothic. Um, Vibe like, yeah, southern gothic haunted house vibe to it, Mm -hmm. and you have a severely unreliable narrator, like in The Haunting of Hill House, where um, the events that are being related may or may not actually be the events that happen, right? So and we'll talk about this later once once we get a little bit more into it. Um, and how that is just a great bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to put the plot in most basic terms, we have a quintet of dysfunctional social circle uh, engaging in paranormal tourism slash uh, bizarre Instagram weddings. Yeah. So you have like these old friends that grew up and went to college together um, who have their own history, which seems to be fraught, to, to put it kindly, um, who, who go to Japan to um, witness the elopement of two of them. And the venue they choose is a thousand year old. Um, he and mansion. period mansion. Yeah. 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 Like it's, all but falling apart. And much like in The Haunting of Hill House, the uh, the structure becomes a, a part, or, yeah, or like um, The Shining, the structure itself becomes part of the story. It's a, it's a 
sixth character, so to speak, mm-hmm. possibly a seventh, depending on uh, for for you, you history fall. buffs out there. The Heian period ran from seven ninety four to eleven eighty five, so that tells you how old this house is. Right, this is a Tale of Genshi period mm-hmm. house. Right, and presumably the story takes place now ish. Yeah, well, it definitely does. They have smartphones. They're yeah, it's modern, like twenty twenty one, twenty 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 one modern, definitely. Possibly twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen era. Since I, it definitely has a vibe of pre pandemic. Well, that's true. It. it was published this past year, so right, right. Um, now this is a really short book and I'm, I'm really kind of torn as to what I actually think of it, to be honest. Uh, I do know that once I got out of chapter one, I was just ready for the killing to begin. <laughs> even say it. it is very self-referential, um, a la scream. Yeah, that, that kind of bothered me a little bit, um. Yeah, because our our most of our main characters have an interest in in the paranormal and horror, and they're they're rather genre savvy uh, for a horror for a ghost story. Well, which they're, is they're which is in one hand kind of fun, but you know it it did get a little little tedious. Well, they're genre savvy, but the perspective of where they're coming from with their genre savviness happens to be the uh, traditional supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the exception of one character, they are all of Asian extractment and various sexualities. Yes. And, and the, the uh, plot does end up subverting all of those expectations. Yes. And, and I like I think you almost kind of had to draw attention to that for, for, for that to come out to, um, to white readers, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, who who don't, I know a lot of the times if I'm not specifically paying attention to that, um, it's going to like shoot over my head. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think they did a really good job with uh, bringing attention to, to like these are Asian characters, these are LGBT characters, and your expectations for what is going to happen in a horror movie um, are going to be subverted. And I, I think uh, Cobb did a great job um, bringing enough attention to that where you're thinking about it, but not browbeating you with it. Yeah, it's still, still, um, I, after, after it was mentioned, I didn't pay attention to it anymore, and, uh, I just hated them. (laughs) I just hated them. They were, they were all obnoxious. It was like, you know, from chapter one, I was rooting for the ghost. (laughs) And, and that might, the ghost doesn't show up until like chapter three or four. Provided the ghost even shows up at all, given the unreliable narrator. However, yeah, I'm rooting for the monster to come and get him. Like, please drag this loudmouth quarterback rich boy off into the darkness or 
or or that willowy willowy uh i i don't have a proper like you know negative thing to say yeah. <clears throat> I'm I'm sure all of you are savvy enough to know exactly the word that I want to say, but I'm trying to be polite about it. <laughs> it just means you're old, Rodney. Your your uh, your your um, characters are older. You're not ready for these millennials. They are millennials. Nah, I just wanted to punch them all in the face. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I kind of felt for the 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 guy, the fellow that arrived late, Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. Um, Lynn, the the one who sold out for yeah the American Dream. Yeah, kind of because because he wanted to sock them all in the face too. He hated well, them all. But, but he was the one who was the most genre savvy of them all. I know, and and he got obnoxious too, and it's just like, just line them up. <laughs> Line them up, go down the line, pop, 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 pop. Please, ghost, eat them. And 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 if that was the intent that you were supposed to absolutely hate these characters, then Cod did a bang up job in my book because I could not stand these characters. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not saying I'm... that they should have been likable, but you know, I I'm not so sure that in this type of story that you're supposed to be rooting for the ghost. Well, here's the thing. Now, if you are taking this as um, the main character, Kat, um, is unreliable. Uh, you know, as minor spoiler, she had a, a nervous breakdown mm -hmm. at some point and um, was institutionalized. And, Briefly, and then under, like, and, uh, house, house arrest just almost. Just came out of her, like, recovery. Yeah, like a self-imposed exile almost. Right when when all this went down um and given the the relationships now i don't know how much of um what is implied that went down is actually how it went down but it's all from her perspective which is a damaged perspective uh, it's understandable that you would dislike everybody because everybody there kind of fucked her So yes. she has bad uh, relationships, bad blood with all of these people. And I think um, that she she's, you know, in her own mind, justified in her resentment. And any characterization you're going to get is from her perspective. And I think that uh, Cassandra Kaw did a great job uh, with that characterization of everyone. Because, yeah, you you dislike them all mm -hmm. they all have dislikable things to them well i'm gonna i'm gonna give cat the benefit of the doubt here and uh and, and and assume that 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 she's telling the truth and they're they are just really all pieces of shit because i've met people <laughs> yeah i mean yes most people are pieces of shit and most people are especially of this they're uh, what would you say, like mid twenties? <clears throat> all, all these characters are mid twenties, maybe, maybe um, late twenties at the most, and that might be stretching it. They're self-absorbed, like you, like you do, right? 
And I think that's like the biggest um, sin objectively for any of those characters is they're just self-absorbed and they really don't care about anybody but themselves. And that, that unfortunately broken has her perspective is that goes for cat as well. And, you know, you might want to cut her some slack because, you know, she went through some shit. So that's understandable where she's coming from and how she could see. But even, even that is like, it's self-absorbed. She, I think that, um, uh, the couple, uh, what's her name? Uh, Faiz and, uh, Willow. Lydia, right? I don't, I don't think it was Lydia. Uh, go ahead and look it up. I am. We'll cut it out. No, you won't. It's taking me a little bit, though. Do, 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 do. Come on, how can I see everybody else's name but hers? She thought they mentioned it on the first page. Faiz Talia. Talia. Faiz and Talia. Right. I mean, because Kat used to date Faiz and when Faiz started dating Talia. She tried to break them up. <laughs> right. And then uh, she so, also I mean, used to date. Even her motives are, are, you know, selfish. That's all I'm trying to say yeah. is, is like these are 20-something kids who mm-hmm. are controlled more by their hormones and their emotions than by, um, you know, history and, and knowledge. You know what this group of kids reminds me of? A fucked up Scooby gang. They are a fucked up Scooby gang. I mean, almost one for one analogs of a fucked up Scooby gang, except maybe Shaggy ended up with Daphne. (laughs) So, does that make Lynn Scooby? Yes! Because that one dude, I, whatever his name is, is definitely Fred. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a big point of them basically saying, yes, that's who this is. And, and and you know what? You know, Cassandra talked about how, how he's wearing the, the, like, letterman's jacket or whatever. But I swear, as I was reading this, every time he'd walk into... The scene, he was wearing a goddamn ascot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, with his hey, letterman's jacket, he's just a, it's your show, it's your mind, it's your show. That's right, that's right. All right, so the legend of this house. I mean, we'll we'll give like the the setup as to what happens is mm. that um, this woman was going to be married in this house. And her husband never made it to the wedding. So she died of a, of a broken heart. And every year, they, the, the, um, I don't know who they is, but they do it. They take a, um, a young woman and bury her alive to keep her company. Mm-hmm. 
So that's your shit. <laughs> that's right, not, right. Um, yeah, that's a not sacrifice. So like yokai are, you know, spirits, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're Shinto Shinto spirits. You know, there's this old saying that um, uh, kami are worshipped and uh, yokai aren't, and that's like the big difference, right? Mm-hmm. But. A yure is a vengeful ghost. We talked a little bit about this last time. And uh, that's what we're dealing with. And I think that it's part of this fusion. And I don't know if a lot of people who read this are going to be like, oh, well, it's, there's no difference or, or whatever. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that if you're looking for like pure um vengeful ghost story or pure yokai story this isn't it mm-hmm. but it's it's a a very deft fusion of the two which kind of uh makes it more palatable i guess for western audiences right because there's familiar things in here mm-hmm. kappa and kitsune and yes but also houses that breathe mm-hmm. in like you know, that's like the more scary stuff isn't like this, this, uh, the actual ghost who makes a, a couple of fleeting appearances, but really doesn't do much. Right. Right. The real scary thing is just like the atmosphere and how, um, cat perceives the house and how she thinks, or maybe it is the house reacts to what the Scooby gang is doing. Mm hmm. That's where like the real horror comes from. And if you remember uh, from Hill House, it was kind of the same way. Like there was a couple of uh, phenomena that happened, but nothing like super untoward, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was really kind of hoping for for a little more house. Um. You know, like I, I, I enjoyed the scenes and the descriptions of of the paintings creeping along the walls, you know, how, how there were images of of different yokai like everywhere in the like on the walls, you know, murals and stuff like that. And all the, the great vast, vast menagerie uh, of that world. And you know, I was kinda hoping for, for a little more a, a, a more of a tour of the house, I guess, you know, so to speak. Um, uh, but, you know, every time we would get to that point, it would almost, it was, in my mind, it was almost like we would get a tease of the creepy atmosphere of this house. And then one of these damn kids would start running their mouth again. <laughs> one of these damn kids. I thought that, sh- that they did a really good job um, with it. And, and, in such a way that, like, a lot of the times when they mention what's going on in the house, Cat uh, makes it a point to say that, you know, that she was drunk or feeling the effects of alcohol. Yes. Um, so you you get a, um, you get like this, just an overall sense of foreboding, but you don't know if it's like actually there. Mm-hmm. Um like when, when she's going to tell her, they, they play the um, the hundred candles game mm-hmm. where everyone tells a ghost story and then uh, snuffs out a candle, right? 
Right. And she tells the last one and she, she gets up and she's drunk and she's like kind of reeling a little bit. And then she starts speaking and she says that um, instead of an auditorium of academics, color starch textbooks, like scriptures, each chapter color coded by importance, the manner inhaled. It felt like church, like the architecture had dulled its heartbeat so it could hear me better. The wood warping, curling around the room like it was a womb. And I was a new beginning. Dust sighed from the ceiling. Spider webs fell in umbilical cords, a drape of silver. It felt like the house talking to me through the mouths of moths and wood lice, the creak of its foundations, the little black summer ants chewing through what remained of our food, like we'd left bodies, not balled up, slicky, gleaming cling wrap. The air smelled of raw meat, lard, and bits of seared protein. And, like, to me, that, like, brings this house alive more than it it was don't get me wrong it was cool that they had like um moving uh pictures you know uh on the walls and everything and and that the 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 images of yokai were following them around and stuff and it was even cool that they would open doors that they thought would lead them one place but led them you know to a courtyard that they didn't even know existed you know, stuff like that is really cool, but the really creepy stuff to me is just the description of this house as a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and and I, I honestly, I don't think there was enough of it. I mean, when it was there, it was evocative, but um, yeah, it just seems like seems like it was almost teased. You know, these 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 uh these really evocative and descriptive passages kind of tea or like pauses before the bickering began again I, I see that but and and i also thought it was interesting that the final story was basically the plot of the book yeah <laughs> that was she, that was a nice little meta reference little little word that you didn't want to say right <laughs> and, and that think- was that was a clever clever little nod I, that that kind of stuff i like you know a little bit of a little bit of sarcasm in there. I think that if they had gone a little bit more with the description of the house and everything, it would have knocked the balance off of trying to figure out whether um, this is an unreliable narrator who's drunk and possibly um, having you know a mental episode versus are they actually being um, haunted and attacked by by a Yori. Mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe if it was longer and they had more time, then um, they could have put more into that. But it's, you know, it's a 60 page book. Right. Or whatever. And, and you have to maintain that balance because I think that had it been, yes, this is definitely them being haunted or this is definitely. You know, she's deranged. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have had as much of an impact as having that mystery in there, which brings me to the comparative point of, you know, like when I read weird tales, mm-hmm. one of the things that I find lacking in a lot of um, modern weird tales is this lack of uh, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. 
right? That, you know, H.P. Lovecraft was really good at it. Uh, you know, th those old weird, weird tales magazine people. Right. <laughs> you know, that was their bread and butter, right? The window, the window. Mm -hmm. And I don't see a lot of people doing that anymore. Like now you read something, you pick it up and it's, oh, the old ones have taken over the earth and it's there and it's horrible. People are dying in, in horrible ways. You know, it's, yes, it's, it's a little bit more um, modern, I guess, you know, show don't tell. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, something that, that makes you question it. First off, I think it lingers longer in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more apt to, to remember something like, like that, like, then, you know, okay, they were in a corridor and there was a monster. Right, right. And it was definitely a monster. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt that the tentacles were real. Right, right. right. And and adding adding the doubt to it, and I'll 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 you know let you know my, my particular take on this uh phenomena of the unreliable narrator and you know, I'm going into it, I'm reading a horror story, and while, you know, the author's intent might be to make this perspective questionable, you know, I just suspend disbelief to pick up the book in the first place. I can suspend disbelief and what is hap what transpires over the course of the book is what actually happened. Uh, mainly because, you know, nobody, you know, it, it becomes, and we never spoke of it again, sort of thing. And, you know, and yeah, I can, I can suspend a little more disbelief to make the unreliable narrator a narrator. And it's, it's a choice you, you can make with, with, uh, narrators, narrators presented in such a way. And I don't think it detracted any from the story uh, to to uh, take Cat at face value. That everything that she saw was exactly what happened, and 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 it could also be because the mental breakdown put her in a, a, a basically an altered state of mind in the first place, and she was drunk on top of that. So we don't know what f actual frame of mind this person was engaging in to know whether they're telling the truth, if that's just how their brain is interpreting the events, or if this is actually what happened, you know. But for for the sake of you know reading the story, that's what happened in in my mind because we don't have anybody else's perspective but cats, so. I, I give her the I, I give the narrator the benefit of the doubt that they're telling me exactly what transpired. That's no fun. That'd be like reading the Book of the New Sun and taking everything Severian said at face value. <laughs> and we all know that motherfucker lied like a rug, <laughs> right? But even so, it, it's it's the lie. It's the right. lie. It is the lie, and the lie is the story. But to me, I think it's it's fun to 
determine whether or not um, you know the the perspective is the actual events that transpired, or if they are um, the result of a diseased mind, so to speak. Well, I, I don't know if the results of a diseased mind. Um, I, I would say more like person you met at a bar who's had a couple too many drinks just opens up and starts telling you a story. You know, and it's like, okay, well, really the truth of this story doesn't really matter all that much to me. I, I'm, I'm along for the ride, I guess is what, I, what I'm trying to say there. You know, I don't have to get all Rashomon about it. <laughs> I'm I'm a simple guy in that that sort of respect, and and that's one of the things that that makes a book like this interesting is that you can read it from that kind of Rashomon perspective and try to piece together uh, what might have actually transpired, how much of it was fiction, how much of it was, uh, you know, fabrication, you know truth and how much was fabrication or you right. can just say you know what yep i'm just gonna let this person tell this story and then back out slowly <laughs> <laughs> and i approached it as the latter <laughs> well i was i felt refreshed that someone had decided to go back to that um multi-perspective possibility story of yesteryear and and publish something like that. Well, there you go. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our mostly spoiler-free look at Nothing But Blackened Teeth by Cassandra Caw. We'll have a link to it in the description. Well, it's a fun little story. Yep, check it out. Um, you know, grab a copy. We'll have this out. Like I said, it'll be... It'll be the perfect day for reading a spooky tale. Right. And, and, you know, you'll probably tomorrow, if you're listening to this one that comes out, have um, some money to blow, some Christmas guilt. Some some gift cards. <laughs> and uh, you, you could do worse than uh, picking up a copy of this. Yes, you can. And we're not going to tell you how, but uh, you could definitely do much much, much worse. Hella worse. As a matter of fact, you can do worse by picking up this book. <laughs> Secret Asia's Blackest Heart. Oh my god, you didn't even... <laughs> ah. uh, you held it up to the camera too, didn't you? No, I, I just grabbed it so I can figure out the name of it. Because <laughs> uh, I've all but expunged it from my brain. <laughs> uh, uh. Please don't pick up that book. I'm not even going to say the name of it. Don't pick it up. <laughs> and with that... Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. That's right. And uh, just remember, Deck the Halls can be sung to the tune of War Pigs. A lot of things could be pigs. Yes, I know. I, 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 I told my children to get up and clean their rooms to the tune of war pigs earlier <laughs> <laughs> have a good one later <laughs> <laughs>